In the seven days since our last episode, the situation in Gaza has not improved. On Thursday, it was reported that 10,812 Palestinians had been killed since October 7th. Currently, Israel is killing, on average, 124 children a day. Diplomatic efforts have, so far, achieved little to help the people of Gaza. And when he was asked this week about the possibility of a ceasefire, US President Joe Biden replied... The tragedy in Gaza looks set to continue, and we will return there. But this week we're casting our gaze on a different Palestinian tragedy. Since the start of the violence in Gaza, the West Bank has also seen the number of violent attacks rise. This week, why is violence rising in the West Bank? How are Palestinians in the West Bank feeling about the conflict in Gaza? And what is the Palestinian Authority doing about it? My name is Hugo Goodrich, and you're listening to The New Arab Voice. To get an understanding of how Palestinians of the West Bank are feeling, I spoke with the New Arab's West Bank correspondent, Qasem Muadi. I started by asking him if a nervousness had taken hold in the West Bank or was anger at the situation dominating the discourse. Well, I guess that uh, you can describe it as a mix of all of these things. But um, first and foremost, it's, um, it's a huge load of anxiety, given the fact that the current war going on is uh, placing everything on a brink you know it, it it looks like there's a, a big change about to happen and uh, given the the level of violence that this israeli government is showing towards gaza and at the same time the ramp up of israeli violence both on the side of israeli forces and israeli settlers in the west bank but most palestinians in the west bank are feeling like maybe this government is ready to go to extents that uh, weren't experienced maybe since 1967 or even since the Nakba, in terms of displacing Palestinians, in terms of um, uh, going back to old ways of uh, of repressing Palestinians. For just one example, the current situation of Palestinian detainees in Israeli prison has gone back to a point that was basically left behind in the late 1990s. Israel has deployed the Israeli army itself inside uh, many detention centers, especially the offer detention center near Ramallah, and uh, cut off all communication, water, and human rights organizations are reporting abuses in terms of uh, interrogation techniques and other ways of uh, raids into cells that were basically reduced to exceptional cases. At the same time, settlers have doubled their uh, attacks in terms of numbers since October the 7th. Today, another uh, Palestinian village near Nablus, Khirbatana, uh, was um, uh, was demolished for like the fifth time in Masafariyata in the south of Hebron. Israeli settlers are roaming around armed, protected by the Israeli uh, army, and just pushing people out of their homes, uh, as in the Jordan Valley, in 
at a rate that it was unprecedented. Israeli army checkpoints are stopping people, checking their phones. If they, if they have any material or any channels on social media that they follow that, that might show any sympathy for what's happening in Gaza. And people are being stopped and abused in ways that haven't been seen since the Second Intifada. So people are feeling very anxious about what is about to happen. In some places where settler violence was unseen, it now it's becoming a weekly and in some cases daily phenomenon. So there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, and there's a lot of anxiety going on. Um, there's obviously been plenty of talk about Hamas in Gaza. In the West Bank, you have the, the Palestinian Authority. Um, have they helped at all uh, since October 7th? Or has their presence felt absent from the situation? The, the general feeling of Palestinians in the West Bank is that it hasn't been very much of a help to begin with, especially in the, in the West Bank with the ramp up of settlers' attacks. Palestinian Authority hasn't done much to, to try to, to, to halt that, for example. Palestinian security forces are generally inactive on that side. And uh, on the other side, the political stance by the Palestinian Authority towards what's happening in Gaza has been, to say the least, uh, shy. It took President Abbas uh, basically three days to to come uh, to, to to make like the first statement about what was happening. And uh, frankly speaking, the Palestinian Authority doesn't have many tools to act uh, on, on what happens, you know, in Gaza. The one thing that Palestinians reacted to was the last visit by Secretary of State uh, Blinken, who came mm. to Ramallah and, and, and met with President Abbas. And apparently that, that meeting was mostly about the Palestinian Authority's role uh, in the current situation and maintaining stability in the West Bank, and which Blinken thanked and praised President Abbas for. And then about the role that the PA could play in the post-war scenario in Gaza. Now, Abbas himself, the, the official statement was that Palestinian Authority would take control or the responsibility of Gaza only in the, in the frame of a general comprehensive solution to the conflict. And that kind of leaves aside a little bit the, the, the question of the reconciliation between the, the PA and Hamas that has been going on at, you know, for years and never concluded to anything which, you know, makes, draws a big interrogation mark around how serious are both sides about that reconciliation. And the, the other thing is, like, what stability exactly was Blinken talking about? Because stability is completely lost for Palestinians. Like the three, three million and, and something Palestinians that live in the West Bank have no stability whatsoever. So what's the stability that Blinken was praising the Palestinian Authority for keeping or for maintaining in the West Bank? That creates a, a big a sense of frustration among Palestinians, which is a reason why there have been many protests since the 7th of October against what the Palestinian public opinion sees as an inaction by the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah and elsewhere, that the Palestinian Authority also dispersed using uh, using police violence. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you, have we seen an, an increase of, in protest activity? Who is the majority of these protests directed at? Where's the anger directed at? Is it at Israel forces or at the Palestinian Authority? And is there a sense that that space in the West Bank for protests is 
closing down as Israeli occupation forces you know, tighten around the West Bank? First of all, these protests happen mainly in, in the cities, in the major cities, inside Ramallah, inside Nablus, inside Jenin and Hebron. Basically, these are the cities where it takes place, the most important cities of the West Bank. On a, on a lesser scale, for example, in Bethlehem, protests turn into confrontations when they begin to be oriented towards the Palestinian Authority. For instance, in the West Bank, when protesters begin to march towards the headquarters of the PA at the, the Mukata, Palestinian police always blocks the way and generally there, there are confrontations. 9th of October, I believe it was, there was, you know, like the first big protest and there was, and there were several Palestinians who were injured, severely injured. What happened next is that even the, like the, the Palestinians who were protesting, which is a mix of like all sectors of society, you have on one side sympathizers of Hamas who are very well identified. You know, they they come after the the night prayer out of the mosques, but they're they're just one part of the protest. And then there's the civil society figures, uh, religious leaders, students from all ways of society, and and from different backgrounds. And we have begun to see also an increasing number of youth who are identified clearly as belonging to Fatah, the faction that controls the PA, taking part in these protests and. These, this protest movement has calmed down uh, on the side of protesting the Palestinian Authority itself and has turned more towards like solidarity with Gaza. So when this is about just showing solidarity with Gaza, uh, there are no confrontations, basically. Uh, and the Palestinian police is just around, but the, but it, it goes on smoothly. In Ramallah, basically, there is protest and a march every night, every single night. And what I witnessed personally was student leaders uh, taking like uh, the, the, the platform to say, okay, it's time of war and Gaza is being uh, bombed, so uh, it's not time to fight between Palestinians. And, you know, there's like this um, attempt by community leaders and, and you know, de facto leaders in the street to try to contain the situation, not to let it explode. I believe that there is a general feeling that it's not in anybody's interests, but it is only a delayed tension you know it's uh it will come back uh, at some point in the future mm. is there any fear in the west bank that what israel is doing in gaza may come to the west bank i think particularly if protests continue to rise if there is violence against israeli occupation forces is, is there a fear the, the fear is greater the fear is that the, the entire palestinian cause is at stake in what's happening in gaza uh, and that if Israel has it its way in Gaza, whatever that means, because even Israel is not really clear about what it really wants to know, uh, from Gaza, you know, it will have um, more of a free hand to go ahead and, and expel even more Palestinian communities and ex more land in the West Bank and basically finish up the Palestinian cause, which is why many Palestinians are expressing views that uh, if we don't stand with Gaza now, we're next. <laughs> the West Bank is next. And this is what it, one of the reasons that creates so much frustration towards the Palestinian Authority, uh, you know, seeing the, the incapacity to act more seriously towards what's happening in Gaza. This is like a general feeling that you can really, really hear directly from protesters 
and even from people like if, if you come to Ramallah during the day for example or even Nablus life goes on normal and people go to their jobs you know but mm. uh, if you stay at any place and I've been doing this like throughout the week every group of two or three people are talking about the same thing and, and they're all expressing the same kinds of anxiety and the same kinds of fear and frustration and the constant follow-up of what's happening in Gaza continuously Kassam, thank you very much Thank you. Thank you, Hugo. To help me go deeper into the current situation in the West Bank, I reached out to Noor Arafay. Noor is a fellow at the Malcolm H. Kerr Carnegie Middle East Center. I asked Noor what violence had been seen and who was responsible. Uh, so yes, there has been a great escalation of violence um, and attacks against Palestinians in the West Bank, including East Jerusalem, uh, by both Israeli forces and Israeli settlers. But it's important to note, uh, before I talk about this escalation of violence after the 7th of October, it's important to note that the situation on the ground in the West Bank was already tense even before uh, the start of the war on Gaza. Since the beginning of 2023 and just before uh, the 7th of October, Israeli forces had killed at least 200 Palestinians. Um, this amounts to more Palestinians killed in the West Bank uh, so far in one year um, than in any year since the United Nations began systematically recording uh, killings in 2005. But as I said, um, and as you said, since the 7th of October, We've been seeing Palestinians getting killed, injured, attacked, detained, and displaced by both Israeli forces and Israeli settlers. So far, since the 7th of October, more than 150 Palestinians, including 43 children, um, and two Palestinians who were in Israeli detention were killed in the West Bank, including East Jerusalem. More than 60 Palestinians have been injured by settlers. Um, there's a rise in uh, the displacement of Palestinians. Since 2022, almost 2,000 Palestinians were displaced amid uh, settler violence, but 43% of this displacement took place since the 7th of October. We're talking about displacement of Palestinians from Bedouin and Herdan communities. Others are also being displaced following house demolitions in Area C and in East Jerusalem. Night raids have also become a daily occurrence in the West Bank. More than 2,000 Palestinians in including children, journalists, women, have been detained uh, since the 7th of October. And all this mass um, literary detention has been at the core of Israel's policy of collective punishment against Palestinians. What we've also been seeing is a rise in settler attacks. Ben Gvir, the so-called national security minister in Israel, um, he called uh, for the purchase of 10,000 trifles for the so-called settler security teams in Israeli settlements, uh, which would mean that we will be seeing more settler attacks in the coming weeks. We have seen settler attacks against residential homes, 
homes, agricultural structures, trees, vehicles. We've seen a lot of harassment of Palestinians harvesting their olive trees because this is the season for the harvesting uh, of olive trees. Settlers have also been blocking access roads to Palestinians, uh, limiting their access to uh, essential services. There have also been cases of settlers damaging water resources that hurting communities rely on. I think, according to the Office of the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs um, by the United Nations, on average, we've been seeing eight attacks per day against Palestinians in the West Bank, which is more than double the daily average of attacks uh, since the beginning of 2023. I also think it's important, Hugo, to talk about Palestinian prisoners because their situation has not uh, garnered enough media attention, but what they have been facing is also at the core of Israel's uh, policy of collective punishment against the Palestinian people as a whole. So uh, Palestinian prisoners have been prevented from contacting their families. They have been prevented from family visits or even attorney visits. They've been deprived of using uh, the canteen or getting out to the prison's yard. Their electrical appliances, including TVs, their phones have been confiscated together with their clothes, their shoes. Um, Israeli prison authority also removed uh, the shower curtains, meaning that prisoners would be taking showers naked. And this has led prisoners to use water bottles to bathe inside the rooms. So the, the rooms are also being frequently invaded with prisoners being physically attacked. So in addition to the ongoing horror that is happening in Gaza, where more than 10,000 Palestinians have been killed, including more than 4,000 Palestinian children, the situation also in the West Bank, um, including East Jerusalem, has been incredibly difficult. Is this violence that we're seeing, and the rise of violence that we're seeing, would we say that this is uh, people taking revenge on the Palestinians for the attack on October 7th, or are they seizing an opportunity, you know, while everyone is you know, distracted by Gaza, to do what they've always wanted to do, or, or a bit of both? I think it's both. So we've seen since the attack, uh, since the 7th of October events, um, which was a huge military and intelligence failure for Israel, we've seen a rise in the language of vengeance and revenge by Israeli officers talking about Gaza, but also talking about Palestinians in general. So you had, for example, former Israeli Deputy Foreign Minister Daniel Lohan, who clearly stated that the Israeli plan for in Gaza was to force the Palestinians into tent cities uh, in the Sinai Desert. An Israeli parliamentarian, he explicitly invoked the Nakba or the ethnic cleansing of um, that happened to Palestinians in 1948 by saying that Israel has only one goal, uh, which is to commit a Nakba that will overshadow the Nakba of 48. And I'm quoting him here. So 
Israeli settlers have been drawing on that or being inspired by that, threatening Palestinians in the West Bank of another Nakba and of ethnically cleansing uh, Palestinians. I know from friends of mine who live in the Northern West Bank that some leaflets were dropped, um, some by Israeli settlers and others by Israeli forces, threatening Palestinians in the West Bank that they would be ethnically cleansed, especially if they resist the Israeli occupation. So you have this vengeance um, that's happening, but we've also seen the language of dehumanization against Palestinians with Israeli officers calling them human animals and beasts. And at the same time, you have many Western governments who have so far given Israel the green light by refusing to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. And I think the Israeli settlers are taking advantage of this atmosphere, the green light from the Western governments were the very limited condemnations of what settlers are doing and what Israel is doing, as well as the, the, the language of revenge by Israeli officers to intensify their attacks against Palestinians and to achieve the goal that they have always wanted to achieve. Also, you have Hamas, a big focus uh, in Gaza. In the West Bank, you have the Palestinian Authority. Um, has the Palestinian Authority you know, done anything to stop the settler violence? Um, can it do anything to stop the settler violence? Uh, or, or is there something which it could be doing, but it's not doing? I mean, the Palestinian Authority has been largely silent since the uh, war on Gaza. It's been very, very unpopular among Palestinians for a while. And it suffered from a lack of legitimacy and credibility. And this has only worsened after the war, given its big silence, given its repression of the protests that took place in the West Bank a few weeks ago, denouncing the war on Gaza. So there has been a large sense of um, disappointment and frustration among Palestinians uh, towards the Palestinian Authority, a huge sense of disgruntlement with the Palestinian Authority, which is not new because for uh, some time the Palestinian Authority has been seen as complicit uh, with the Israeli occupation, especially whenever it would repress Palestinian resistance and Palestinian protests. What has been going on since the war, unfortunately, is just the continuation of, uh, of the acts we were used to from the Palestinian Authority. On the subject of the Palestinian Authority, you know, they've as you say, they've long been accused of being ineffective, poor representatives of the Palestinian people in the West Bank. Is there any hope that the recent surge in violence in the West Bank and the intense violence in Gaza could spur a revival of you know, intense political action? Or is the political scene sort of, you know, too oppressive and too restricted now for it to make an impact? So. So far, more than 10,000 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza, including more than 4,000 children. And the PA hasn't done anything. 
I'm talking spe- specifically about the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah, of course, like other ambassadors, like at the UN, in Geneva, in other places, they have been working a lot with the international community. But so far, the Palestinian Authority officers have been silent or and they haven't been doing anything. So I don't know what it takes to hope that the PA would change its position and take political action um, that would make Palestinians a bit hopeful, to be honest. Do you think there's a sense that the Palestinian people might take it upon themselves to form new political groups and new political action that doesn't involve you know, the, the, sort of the establishment of Fatah? I mean, maybe. Uh, so far, like Palestinians, because of the ongoing war, the war crimes committed by Israel, the, the genocide that is actually happening, as many legal scholars called it, it's, it is a genocide. Palestinians have been really focused on what's going on at the moment um, in Gaza. And and there has been a lot of repression, as we as we discussed earlier, with settler violence in the West Bank, in East Jerusalem, and with the big censorship campaign against Palestinian citizens of Israel, who have also been going through uh, a very difficult time. So I think at the moment, it's been difficult to think about the future uh, of political action. But I do think that in the future, one once there is space and time uh, to think about uh, future political action that Palestinians can take, I think that there will be we will be seeing new things coming. Let's hope so. Uh, in in an effort to end on perhaps a sense of hope, amidst all this needless death and destruction that we're seeing day after day, even hour after hour, is there a possibility? that or or an, an opportunity that you know at the end of this something good might come out of this and that the people and nations could use it as an uh, as as a chance to create opportunities or one of the things that the attacks on the uh, 7th of October led to is that, that they shattered the status quo, which was before the 7th of October. And in that status quo, the, the, the Palestinian cause was completely ignored and sidelined by the regional um, and the international community. Uh, we had Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli prime minister, holding a map uh, at the United Nations without the name of Palestine on the map. We saw uh, normalization agreements happening, being signed between uh, Israel and Arab states. The latest was the normalization agreement that was being negotiated between Israel and uh, Saudi Arabia with no regards to Palestinian rights or even to the Arab peace initiative. We were in a regional atmosphere that was completely ignoring Palestinians, the Palestinian cause and Palestinians' political demands and their political rights. And the current war was a reminder to the region 
and to the international community that the Palestinian cause cannot be neglected, that it cannot be sidelined as it has been uh, as it has been the case. So I think this is one important thing uh, that that we have seen. We have also seen the rise in uh, popular uh, protests all over uh, the world, uh, challenging the Israeli propaganda and the Israeli war machine and the complicity of uh, of Western governments. We've also been witnessing a big gap between the Western elites uh, and Western governments, most of whom have so far refused to ask Israel for a ceasefire. So there's a gap between these elites and uh, their own citizens. And I think this gives hope that in the future, these Western governments might be uh, under immense pressure from their own citizens to change their position and maybe hold Israel accountable. Um, in terms of mainstream media, we've seen a lot of dehumanization of Palestinians, specifically at the beginning of the war, uh, which has been very disappointing. But at the same time, we've also been seeing a lot of pushback um, against it. So although Israel is still spending millions on its PR machine and its propaganda. The, 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 the use of social media, especially by, uh, by, by, by young uh, people all over the world, is, is slightly changing the discourse. So this gives hope that there would be opportunities in the future where more pressure would be held on governments by their own citizens to hold Israel accountable. And also, hopefully more push and pressure uh, by Palestinians themselves uh, so that they can reach a political solution that would achieve Palestinians' right to self-determination, freedom and dignity. Noor, thank you very much. This episode of The New Arab Voice was written and produced by me, Hugo Goodridge. Our theme music was by Omar El Phil. The New Arab Voice is taking a week off, but we will be back on November the 24th. Until then, you can find all our previous episodes on all major podcast platforms. You can also check out our Instagram page and Twitter account, both at The New Arab Voice, for additional content. We also have a weekly newsletter which you can sign up for. Find the link in the show notes. You can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and you can also rate and review, which helps us spread the word. Don't forget to follow The New Arab on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news, analysis and opinion from the region. <laughs>